Hello, everyone. It is Dean Douglas, your host to the Simple to Understand podcast. Welcome, if this is your first time. My guest today is a good friend of mine, Jared Freeman, and I've had the pleasure of knowing Jared for a couple years now, and each conversation we've had has been extremely enjoyable. This one, as you'll be able to quickly tell, is no exception. Born in Hobart, Tasmania, also known as Tazzy. He spent the first four years of his life there before moving to Curry, King Island, which is also in Tasmania. And then he moved over to Scone, New South Wales, which is in Australia. He's also lived in Newcastle, which is also in New South Wales, London, Ontario, and currently he resides in North Vancouver, uh, which is in British Columbia, Canada. He has an environmental science degree, which we talked briefly about, and personally, I find Australians some of the most fun and interesting people to hang out with. In this episode, we bounce around and chat about many topics, including rural and urban life, environmental science, life in Australia versus Canada and USA, alternative banking options and social media uh, and its effects on society and much, much more. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Jared. All right, and we are live. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks for... Glad to be here. Yeah. So, uh, describe to our listeners where we are right now. Yeah, certainly. Um, we are down at the Shipyard District in North Vancouver. A uh, bit of an overcast day. Looking across from North Vancouver, we're looking south to downtown Vancouver. Uh, looks like there's a couple of people doing some kind of boat exercise out in the harbour there. A couple of big ships, BMWs just going past, very... Uh, inconsiderately and uh yeah it's a good day it's a good day it's a nice predictable vancouver cloudy day yeah and uh we're right yeah we're right in front of the shipyards looking over across the waterways vancouver and there's this is a public space so you're going to hear a lot of background noises in this episode babies chit chat babies (laughs) (laughs) hello and uh so let's just dive into it so First, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for letting me come on the show. Absolutely. It's great to be here. I know that we tried to organize this a couple of times, and I was definitely the one who was uh, letting you down. No, so. not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's nice that we're actually able to do this in person. Yeah. I think we have a lot of chemistry in person, which is good. Agreed. Yeah. On the phone might be a little bit, a little bit trickier. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, I find it hard to talk to people on the phone. Yeah, you're not the best conversationalist. No, I'm, I'm generally pretty short with people. And, like, not in a bad way, but, like, my boss, for instance, I'll be chatting to him, I'll be like, okay, bye, and I hang up. Yeah. And he's still like, oh, wait, and I'm like, oh, well, we're saying bye. Like, we said bye to each other three times. Yeah, I'll see you in six hours, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we eliminated the need for potential awkward hanging up situations by having you and Jade come out to Vancouver. Exactly, yeah. yes. And we've been here for a few days, and we're loving it. And you've lived in Vancouver now for about a year? Yeah, we moved over... Well, we, we got the place we're living in now September. Um, so 2018, yeah. Yeah, yeah call, it, call it 11 months. Um, 
it's been good. It's it's a nice lifestyle. Emily and I both like the the lifestyle. We like that we're not downtown. Uh, it's a bit too chaotic for our, I guess, our way of life or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you guys uh, specifically chose North Van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess we just wanted to be close to Mount, a bit closer anyway to like the mountains and the forests and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's why we chose there. And it worked out pretty well, like cost wise too. Like yeah. downtown, you're paying a bit of a premium and. Yeah. Yeah, it's not what we want. I like how quiet this area is. Like, if this was downtown, it would be pretty chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. this was, like, Gastown or Granville Island, it would be... Yeah, we'd be recording inside somewhere, like a yeah. library. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As the ship honks its horn. Yeah. Uh, so let's back it up and start with... Um, let's, let's start with the origin of your name... And let's spell it out and then pronounce how it's actually said because this has been just a topic since I've known you of topic of contention. confusion. Yeah. And let's just spell it out and say it out for people because So I'll spell it out yeah. phonetically, which is the way I spell it when I'm talking on the phone. Yes. And it's uh, G for golf. Yes. E for Echo, R for Romeo, A for Alpha, R for Romeo, D for Delta. And it's pronounced Jared. And um, it's been my name my entire life. I haven't changed it to that. That was the gift that my parents bestowed upon me when they, I guess, uh, when I was born. And, and how, how does your mum say your name? She says Jared. She says Jared. Yeah. Okay. And I think I talked to mum about this maybe a couple of months ago because... Dean, you're well aware of the struggle I've had with uh, certain coffee franchises that write names on cups. And I'll spell it out. I'll be like, G-E. And they're like, yep, J-A. I'm like, no, that's wrong. It's G-E. And they're like, yeah, I know, J-A. It's afterwards. I'm like, it's G-E-R-A-R-D. And invariably, I'll spell it out, and I get J-A-R-R-O-D or J-A. That's not even bad. I'm okay with that. Sometimes I get J E R I N or like just, com- just completely made up names. I got one guy in the waterfront station. I was like, yeah, Jared. And he just wrote Jerick, like J E R R I C K. Didn't even ask me for spelling. So confident because obviously it's a it's a name that's permeated through society a lot. Yes. Um Never met anyone called Jerick. Never heard anyone called Jerick. Jerick. There's no one famous called Jerick. We just fucking made it up. Are we allowed to swear? Absolutely. Okay. Swear cool. away. Yeah. Um, so I asked my parents about this, and I guess I've got two older sisters, and when they were pregnant with me, I guess they wanted a boy. Um, so apparently, my parents are were semi-religious. I don't know how religious they are now, but I grew up in a Catholic household, and. Um, so they prayed to apparently St. Jared, who is the patron saint of all boys, which sounds like he probably should be in prison. <laughs> um, but anyway, I guess they thought it was lovely. Yes. And, um, Good name for a son. Yep. So when they saw my little wiener, they're like, yep, beautiful. Let's call him Jared, because clearly the patron saint of all boys has had a part to play. Yes. But I think being Australian, they 
screwed it up and um, essentially it was meant to be it's, it's probably Girard so it's a, it's a French uh, Saint it's a French Saint is my interpretation of it yes and I asked mum about this and she's like yeah well we just kept the the spelling the same so it's meant to be Girard but then they anglified it to be like oh Jared yeah that's good that'll do and so now whenever I introduce myself at work or in any social situation really um, there's always that sort of level of confusion how do they say my name is it meant to be said like that is it Gerard I'm like no it's not Gerard it's Jared I'm like oh but it's not spelt spelt like it's spelt Gerard I'm like yeah uh. and people probably think and I know I did that you were confused on how to see oh yeah <laughs> probably yeah like look at this guy <laughs> can't even 34 see years name. old can't even say his own name yeah um yeah so I just wanted like, to clear that out yeah and right I appreciate yeah and yeah. you know like people uh, who I played soccer with back home would call me Jerry and all that sort of stuff oh or yeah okay some of them call me Gary just as a joke because why the fuck not I guess um yeah so that's basically the origin of my my first name and then I've got two middle names James and John just to I don't know, piss me off more, make me write more letters. This is Jared James John? Freeman. Freeman. Yeah. But it's G-J-J. Yes, that's the other thing, right? <laughs> like, you follow it up with a name that, that probably should be spelt with a J. Yes. But it's spelt with a G just to confuse people. And then the two middle names are clearly spelt with a J. Yes. So the people are like, do they not, does this guy not know how to say the J sound? <laughs> But I do because I say James <laughs> or John, <laughs> both yeah. middle names, or juxtaposed or juxtaposition. Yes. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Well, good. I wanted to clear that up and get yeah. that started because I usually put episode. By the this name. one will be episode nine dash yeah. Gerard yeah. or Jared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freeman, and people and can people comment on that on the spelling yes. and yes. Um, yeah, it's I like I don't mind it that much. I've never yeah. met anyone else who whose name is pronounced the same as mine but spelled the same way. Same. Because yeah. like I know friends who are Jared. Yeah. J A R O D or J A R R Y D or J A R R O D or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I say that as Jared. Yeah. And I don't know if there's much of a difference. Jared, 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 Jared. Yeah. But Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Good. Now that that's sorted. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. Absolutely, wanted to get that cleared mm. up. So let's start with uh, where you were born. Sure, I was born in a place called Hobart, which is in which is the capital of Tasmania, which is the southernmost state in Tasmania. It's not in it's not part of mainland Australia. It's an island off the south of mainland Australia. Southeast. Uh, yeah, it's southeast corner. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's below Melbourne and Victoria and stuff, right? Um, so I was born there. Uh, don't know what the birthing process was like. Assume it went well. Yeah. Um, I didn't play much of a role in that. No. Um, Mum always said that if they had me first, they would have stopped. And... <laughs> I said it's because you've reached perfection, but she said it's because I'm a little, I was a little shit as a baby. Uh, very difficult to nurture, I guess. 
And you have how many siblings? I have two older sisters and a younger brother. So, I'm, so they had one after you. Yes, they did. So yeah. apparently he was a good kid. So take that, mom. Yeah. 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 I don't want you. Eat two words. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, born in Hobart, lived there until I was probably uh, maybe maybe four or five, and then moved to a small island in between Tasmania and mainland Australia, but still part of the state of Tasmania called King Island, which is off the northwestern tip of Tasmania. So that's a... Yeah, it's probably like... I think it's like 60 or 70 kilometres long by like 20 or 30 k's wide. And there's a couple of small towns. We lived in a town called Curry, uh, C-U-R-R-I-E, but there's also a town called like Narracoopa, I think. And um, there's a lighthouse there that at one point was the tallest lighthouse in the Southern Hemisphere because the, the island is in this, I guess, uh, waterway called the Bass Strait. Yeah. And the Bass Strait is known for having really, um, I guess, like huge swells and uh, a lot of like difficult currents to navigate. Yeah. And so King Island, I think, has had something like I don't know the exact number, but like a couple of hundred shipwrecks on it back in the day because I guess before they put this lighthouse in, um, a ship would be going from Melbourne to Tasmania, like Melbourne to like, say, Launceston or Davenport, and it'd just get blown off course and a shipwreck on King Island, yeah. Um, So, Dad, I was there until I was about nine, so I lived five years in King Island as a kid. Um, it was a cool spot. It's I haven't been back to visit. My sister Marie went back, I don't know how many years ago, maybe like three or five years ago. And um, When we were there as children, it was a sort of classic small, you know, the towns are pretty small. The, maybe the whole population of the island is maybe a couple of thousand. I don't know. Like, let's say it's 3,000. It's probably not. But there used to be a big mine under there. Uh, sorry, down in Narracoopa that went out underneath the seafloor. I don't know what they were mining. I think it was some kind of metalliferous mines, so maybe like copper or something like that. But um, essentially that stopped and then a lot of people left. But it's quite well known within Australia anyway for its uh, cheese and dairy Mm. um, produce. So it's got like, it's got really good seafood, really good cheese, really good beef. Gets a lot of rain um, and it's quite rugged. Yeah. So I, I could see there. that being good beef because if it's very rainy, you probably yeah. get very lush green yeah. grass and would feed the uh, livestock very yeah, exactly. nicely. Yeah, Yeah. And so, yeah, lived there until I was nine and then moved to a place called Scone in Can I ask South before you jump yeah. before you jump forward, what was it like like growing up on like a small island? What was that like? Um, it was pretty good. Like... You know, we it was. I think it was a good spot for the kids. I don't know how how much mum and dad enjoyed it in terms of yeah. small island. Um, dad was working a lot at that time. Uh, he was he was a vet in the abattoir as well as being the only vet on the island. So he had his own practice. So he'd work like uh. four a.m. Sorry, let's say six a.m. to like four p.m. Mm-hmm. at the abattoir, and then he'd go out and do like carvings or stuff so he was working a lot um but as a kid it was it was pretty good I've got fond memories there yeah yeah, yeah. 
like you know you we'd go for walks down by the beach and stuff and yeah it was like it's not like a typical beach in australia where it's sunny like it was like rugged. raining or like rugged and like really strong surf swells and stuff yeah but it's beautiful in its own way yeah like it's um yeah it's, it's a nice part of the world so you learned how to swim obviously. um yeah learn how to swim don't know if i learned how to swim there or in probably in hobart i'd say i think mum and dad were taking me to the pool and stuff in hobart and hobart's on the coast as well oh, right yeah, yeah. Uh, in tassie so yeah but yeah learn how to swim um still put on my resume yeah. 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 Strong swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you moved to. Sorry, then we moved to. Did you? No, you're right. Uh, then we moved to mainland Australia in the state of New South Wales, a place called Scone, which is about. Like the like the dessert or like the breakfast. Spelt the same way. Scone. Yeah. Yeah, but pronounced differently, similar to my name. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't it? know if mum and dad just moved me there as a cool trick. Um, so you can be like, oh, it's Jared from Scone, or is it Jared from Scone? Um, could be pretty malicious. But um, yeah. yeah, we moved there, and Scone is maybe 4,000 people. And we lived in town for about a year, and then mum and dad bought a farm 20 minutes out of town. Just a couple of hundred acres to have that lifestyle. So I spent from, I lived the majority of my childhood in Scone uh, from when I was nine till sort of 20, early, probably early 20s, yeah. like 21. Uh, and then I went to Newcastle uh, to go to university. And then after university, I stayed in Newcastle. Okay. Yep. And so you spent most of your life living in like more rural areas, areas yeah. communities. Yeah, like we never lived in a big city as a kid yeah it was always uh small towns yeah and we didn't move you know like I mean three moves for 18 or 20 years isn't that bad um it's probably pretty average yeah, I, I probably. stayed in the same place my oh really whole life same house same house my mom lived in the same house for 40 years yeah 40 years same Do house is that why, like, is that what is that part of why, like, Winnipeg has such a big home feeling for you? Because you've been there, like, you, you grew up there, you know all the streets and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. 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 And then a lot of people in Winnipeg travel, mm. and so we're, I mean, we're able to afford it. We're not. Yeah, you're not. Poor. You're not house poor. We're not sort of house stuff, poor. Yeah. So. I mean, I was very fortunate to travel to a lot of other places to see how other people lived, which yeah. was really good. But um, my observation in, like, compared to people living in big cities and rural people is that... And I'm, I'm going to make a, generalization. Like a generalization. Yeah. So this isn't, They're always this accurate, isn't the case. But That's there's the some part. truth to a generalization. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't be a generalization. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that just, like, rural people are just, like awesome they're just super nice they're they're very uh i find them more like humble yeah. e- like just easygoing they kind of have like they work hard because you you just, That's just you're, a lifestyle. You're, you're more active outdoors and yeah i don't know i think their priorities are a little bit more i don't know straight than uh living in a city where you get distracted and yeah so overall just i think people are just you know, more rural, they're just more humble. Yeah. 
I think like that's something that comes across a lot. Like a lot of people when they first meet me, they're like, "Oh, Jared, you're so humble." I mean, I get my name wrong, I'll say Jared, but then they're like, you know, you're so humble. How do you do it? I was like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's part of in my, the pudding, right? Part now. of my makeup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grew up on a farm. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the, the the farming experience was good. It was something that I probably didn't appreciate when I was a kid, but I appreciate looking back on it now. Yeah. Um, you know, we had about 400 acres. Um, it wasn't like mum and dad both had jobs. Mum was a teacher librarian, dad was a vet. Um, so it was, yeah, you know, it was good. There's always something to do though. And in Australia as well, there's bushfires and drought and all those other fun things. So dad wanted that lifestyle because he grew up in Sydney. So he'd only sort of ever known like big cities in his childhood. So that was a big change then, growing up, like, raising a family in a not farm. in a big city. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting, actually, because he did ag science and then vet science back in the days when university were free, so you could do as much of it as you wanted to. Oh. And um, Must be nice. Yeah, yeah, I know, what a world, eh? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, he then moved down to, I think, a small rural town in New South Wales where I met my mum and I lived in England for a couple of years and then I guess moved to Tassie and then up to Scone and stuff yeah but it was always something you wanted to do was live on, live on a farm yeah. have that lifestyle experience and I think he probably wanted that for his children because you know he didn't have that in Sydney right yeah. in the I guess the 50s and the 60s yeah 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 and then uh, what did you go to university for? Uh, so I did environmental science and management in Newcastle University. Newcastle is a city that's about, it's on the east coast, it's about an hour and a half, two hours north of Newcastle, sorry, north of Sydney. Um, it's maybe 350, 400,000 people. So it's not like a huge city, it's still the, I think it's still the second biggest city in New South Wales behind Sydney. Um, so yeah, I did environmental science and management, partly I guess because I just wanted a job that... I didn't just want a job that, like, kept me indoors the entire time. I wanted a job that had outdoor elements to it as well as indoor elements to it. And I did... I took three sciences in high school. I took biology, physics, and chemistry. I sucked at chemistry. I didn't... Same here. Yeah, yeah couldn't get same it. Here. Just, like, something in my makeup just, yeah, doesn't doesn't make sense to me. But... Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, like, I guess university for a lot of people. It's a period of life where you probably find out a bit about yourself and all this sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really good good time. Good program as well. Decent, yeah. And you could use it for, like, I'm sure many different things. Yeah, so, like, a lot of people... Uh, there's there's a fair few career options. I mean, it's it's a, it's a relatively young science compared to you know like physics or chemistry or whatever that's been around for a lot longer. Um, sure. And that's partly because of the the shift in society about how we view the environment and you know all this sort of stuff. So, like, I had friends that went and worked for mining companies and were the environmental officers for mines to make sure that basically they adhere to their environmental license. Um, I had friends that went and worked for local council um, who would say, okay, well, this is the 
this is what we want to try and achieve through environmental initiatives like recycling programs and all that sort of stuff through local council. And then I guess the other sort of main sector is like consulting, which is what I did when I finished university, where you work for a consulting company that is then typically employed by mines or oil companies or whatever to um, basically like go out, take samples, get the results, see how they compare against like relevant guidelines and legislation like environmental protection authorities and then make recommendations about whether they meet that or how to improve it if they don't meet it, right? So a lot of the time, uh, for the first couple of years anyway, it was what they call phase ones and phase twos, which are, if you want to build a, let's say you want to build an apartment block in Winnipeg, right? And um, it was at, it was at a, the previous land use, like, sort of was known but you're not really sure because you know it might have been a land it might have been a block of land for 150 years or something you're like okay well so phase one is like a desktop study where you'll go and you'll get look at aerial photographs so you'll look at like um sort of uh ownership records and what it was used for and stuff and through, through that research you might find that it was used as um, a, grow, a farmer's market or like a, an orchard or something like an orchard, sorry, something like that. And you're like, okay, well, if it was used, like let's say for some reason people want to grow a heap of peaches in Winnipeg at this spot, you're like, yeah, they probably would have used pesticides and herbicides and stuff there. So then there's, there's a potential for that site to have contamination on it, right, from its past use. So that's a phase one, and you might write all this in a report and say, uh, yep. Uh, we think that based on evidence, historical evidence, aerial photographs, whatever, um, that these are the likely contaminants of concern and it might be, yeah, uh, pesticides, herbicides, heavy metals and sulfates. I don't know, right? And then so you're the, this, is, this is typically done as like, as you, the owner, want to develop it and that might be part of the development application. Yeah. So then... Um, they submit that to council and the local council might say okay well if you've done a phase one and it's shown that there might be contamination then you have to do a phase two which is when you then go out and dig some holes and take some soil samples and get tested to see if it is below the the baseline requirement or the baseline levels for those contaminants so it was a lot of that um which was okay it was it was an okay job after university yeah yeah I'm going to throw one substitute to that example because that was perfect. Okay. And we'll just sub out peaches yep. for wheat. Sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. This is the peach market not being in Winnipeg it's, for some reason? It's not, <laughs> it's not the biggest. Okay. Um, could be a trendy new business starter, mate. It could be. Yeah. It could be. Artisan peaches from Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they'll just have to look like wheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You start growing wheat, and, but you advertise it as peaches, and someone comes like, isn't that wheat? You're like, no, no, peaches. <laughs> peaches. Only peaches. Yeah, yeah. exactly. See yeah. so how long you can get away with it for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you, so you and I, so I'll give some context to the listeners of how we yeah. met. So both our online. partners are <laughs> online, <laughs> correct, yes. Uh, it was a dating app. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Sparks flew. And, Straight away. Yeah. Uh, We've been a match, living apart, but staying connected ever since. Yes, absolutely. Um, That and also our our uh, our partners, our significant others, are speech language pathologists that went through 
the master's program in London, Ontario at the same time. They yep. were classmates, and we met through them. them and in I, th- I remember London, the Ontario. first time I think I met you, actually. Because we were yeah. all at that, we were at a big house party for all the SLPs, mm. and all the, like, you know, I, like, I'm assuming Jay's like this, but Emily was super pumped to get into the program, really excited about it, right? Fired up. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's 38 other classmates that are basically, like, almost carbon copies of each other. They're so All similar. like kids, they all want to do stuff to help kids, to help people, to communicate, all this sort of stuff. And so, M was just like a fish in water in terms of like all these people now. She wanted to get to know them and stuff. And we've definitely had this conversation in the past where if Jade and Emily start talking about speech and language pathology, we're just like, well, do you want to fucking talk about sports or something? Because <laughs> at that point, I don't know about you, but I couldn't handle any more talk about speech and language pathology. It was it was a lot of speech. It was just, it was the world of speech leading up to them getting in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then once they got in, it was magnified times 150, yeah. however many uh, classmates oh, there yeah, were. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just uh, fully immersive, full-on speech everything. So I think, yeah, yeah when, the, when the partners met... And it was the guys because it was also a class full of girls. Yeah, 38 <laughs> chicks. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, oh, okay, yes, we're all in it, experienced together. it together. Now let's talk about something outside yeah. of speech. Yeah, yeah, And that was very refreshing, actually. Because, it was, it was, yes. Um, yeah, it's, I assume it's how Emily feels when I talk about, like, Manchester United. Like, she puts on a brave face. But she just wants to talk to someone about something else. About yeah. speech. Yeah, about speech, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, yes. So, yeah, that was... Yeah, and then, at that party, actually, they... <laughs> I guess the speech pathologists from the last year who were in second year at that time were, like, welcoming all the new speech uh, It was people. the second year is welcoming the first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had a party and were like, okay, we're going to give you guys a shot or a drink or something that uh, will make you somehow like consider speech and language pathology essentially and it was like uh, they I guess they got a shot that like coagulated and so they're like oh so they were gonna, everyone's going to do a shot and they were going to um, oh this is how people feel who like have difficulty swallowing stuff and all this sort of stuff right and then the lady or the woman who the young woman who was walking out with all these shots like dropped them yes and I lost my shit oh, I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world and even now like two and a half years later I still get a chuckle out of it yeah that was Carrie yeah yeah and we've seen Carrie and I would love to have Carrie on the podcast and uh, Ask tell her, about that moment. her experience and have her relive and reshare that from her point of view because I'm sure that yeah that was a memorable moment there yeah. was like over 30 shots oh heaps yeah and they put so much planning into it planning into it and, and then, then it, it just like came crashing yeah. down yeah. Oh, yeah that was a great moment yeah 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 that was fun. couldn't couldn't script it it was it was beautiful it was yeah. it was yeah. yeah yeah so that's where we met so that's and where we met we played soccer a bit together from that yeah and then we stayed in contact after M and Jade finished yeah. and we went our separate ways. Yeah, and we moved to Winnipeg and you guys moved out to Vancouver. Vancouver. Yep. 
yeah. and here we are here visiting we are. you yeah. guys in Vancouver. Yeah. And uh, I mean, from here we can take this conversation in any which way direction. We've caught people up yeah. to like you've shared your life story, and yeah. uh, now we can take it whichever direction we want. I don't mind, man. So, um, like you, you grew up in Winnipeg your entire life. Correct. And then, but you said you got into a fair bit of traveling. So Correct. where are you travel to? You've traveled through Europe and Australia. Yeah. Um, first trip outside of Canada was Mexico. Okay. We went to. I'm going to butcher it. Port, port of Port of. Well, it's not Port of Vallarta. It's like Puerto Vallarta, but okay. Port of Puerto Vallarta. And uh, I went there. And that was my first exposure to any, like, kind of third world. It's not yeah. third world, but like actual Outs- outside real of North poverty. American Western culture. Yes, yep. outside of North American. And uh, we did like a city tour outside of the resort, and we went into like the little towns. Yep. And I remember taking a picture with, excuse me, these like local kids around my age. Yeah. And I had this like nice white T-shirt on. Had like you know I went through, had a lot of dental work yeah. nice Your white teeth, teeth. immaculate Ni- thank you yeah. nice white teeth and then I had this picture of me with these like local kids yeah. and I'm like smiling and I'm totally clueless as to the upbringing that they've had okay. it wasn't until after I actually got the picture developed because it wasn't on an iPhone or anything yeah. back in that day it was like a film and I like look at this picture and I'm like Oh, like I probably shouldn't have been like smiling, being like, "Hey, look at me!" And like these kids, I didn't know yeah. as well, but you know that was like kind of my first exposure to like, like actual like kind of impoverished yeah. areas outside what? of North America. So you went there with your. So I went there with my mom. Yeah. And her boyfriend at the time. My yeah. parents uh, split up when I was in I think around like grade three. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and she brought me to Mexico, and it was a great trip. Um, I tried my first tequila shot on a tour. I was, like, I don't know, maybe, I think I was 13 around at the time. And, I mean, that's, like, definitely the age that you start drinking down maybe in Mexico, I don't know. But uh, had had my first shot of tequila down there and had a lot of uh, virgin, uh, what were they? Duffers. Uh, not daiquiris, Bloody Marys. Oh yeah, okay. Bloody Marys. They were delicious. I had, a, I had probably like fifty of them during oh, the week. Wow. It was really good. And then uh, outside of Mexico, went to Florida. Went to Disney World. Yep. Maybe like a year or two after that, and that was memorable. That was awesome. And and then I've been to uh, England and Scotland during like grade 12 with the high school soccer team. Oh yeah, that's right. So we went and saw Manchester United play nice. when Cristiano Ronaldo played. Beautiful. And Ruud van Nistelrooy, oh, yeah. Wayne Rooney, like yeah. they had a good team back yeah, yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen Leo Messi play live and I'm sure he's amazing but like watching Cristiano Ronaldo live is like on another level yeah. it's ridiculous and we were sitting in this new section of Old Trafford so we are pretty high up but his legs were like blurs yeah. like when he would do crossovers like he's Step ridiculously fast yeah. but Wayne Rooney speed like sprint wise was as fast yeah at least from just from observing like he is quick and they're and he's short right Cristiano Ronaldo's what 6'1 
Rooney's like five ten, five eleven. Like he's not that tall. No. And he's a quick player. Player. Yeah, well, he's probably, fast. I think Ronaldo's like maybe one year older than Rooney. Yeah. It's interesting the different like trajectory their careers have yeah. taken in terms of longevity. Like yes. Rooney's I think he just left the MLS side DC to play in the championship, the second tier in England. Yes. And Ronaldo's still playing it's top Juventus yeah. Italian team, still banging in Champions League goals, like it's no one else's business. He's a scoring machine. Yeah. He's so not a scoring machine. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so yeah, so England and Scotland yeah. did that, and then um, uh, you went to Australia. Oh yeah, went yeah. to Australia as well. I've been to Australia three times. I okay. have family in Melbourne, yeah. so I've spent quite a bit of time in Melbourne, and then I've been to Sydney, and then travel all the way up the coast yep. uh, the to Australian. Surfers Paradise, and then went into Brisbane. Um, and then, like, since being with Jade, we've gone to, like, all over the states. We've gone yeah. to... You guys go to uh, Arizona Bali, bit, right? Yeah, Arizona. Yeah. Um, like, Florida, California, New York. Um, what, what's the favorite place you've been to so far? Oh, man. I like traveling where there's, like, good food. Yeah. Uh, on our honeymoon, we went to uh, Italy and Greece. Yeah. I could have spent the whole time in Italy. Like, Rome is just Stunning, beautiful. Yeah. And that's just, like, that's a big city. Like, I'd love to do, an like, a trip of Italy. Yeah. That'd be really nice. Um, Rome, I, like, fell in love with, like, everything about Italy. The culture, the like, the language. Like, I loved going around and saying, buongiorno, like, yeah. grazie, like, thank you. And, like, yeah. just, I'm just like, well, this is how people should speak yeah. and, like, eat and live their life. They just have, like, a good lifestyle. Okay. Um, Is it, like, it's it's pretty different from the North American lifestyle, you think? Very. How so? I just think they've, they've probably trialed it a lot longer because North okay. America is, like, all, like, let's work to the death and we're just, like, not about work-life balance. We're over there. I think you have, like, a healthier work-life balance. The yeah. food is, like, the, the quality of the food is just better. Yeah. And just, like, the values are better. Like, okay. just, like, fal- family. Like family. Yeah. But e- even outside of family, you treat other people like family. You're, like, very okay. friendly, welcoming. It's just about, like, romance, love, and... Good times, good, good food, times, good wine. Good food, yeah. like, nature, like scenery and everything is beautiful it's just like what's not to love everything is beautiful it's nice because I've like I've I think there's slightly different culture work life balance culture between Australia and Canada how so um I like Australia I think they've got it well I'll hear your take I think that um it's a bit more laid back in Australia. Yeah. Could be partly because of the weather. Yes. You know, slightly nicer, I would say. Um, you also have less impact of, like, the States. Yeah, that's true. Being in Canada, it's definitely, like, the States is the big brother, and uh, they sort of... I don't necessarily want to say lead the way, because I think Canada's leading the way in a lot of environmental stuff in terms of forest management and all that sort of jazz, but... Just in terms of, like, a lot of stuff in Canada is 
like model. They're big trading partners, yeah. right? So a lot of stuff in Canada is bought from the States or provided from the States. And so because of that, it's all in, you know, feet and inches and pounds and all this sort of jazz. Um, but media, just media alone. Oh, it's like, that's huge as well. Right? Like Australia is its own little island. island yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we're it's just going to have the Australian press. press. Yeah, that's true different. actually. That's, yeah. that's definitely true. Yeah. Media is a lot more American focused, even in Canada. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, I assume it's because like the cable packages and stuff that people get take all the American programs and channels like Fox and CNN and it's probably a lot of crossover NBC and, and all that and sort of stuff yeah exactly yeah. yeah which makes sense right I mean yeah but yeah yeah just I think um, the work culture is slightly different as well um, Australians are I've been told probably a bit more direct than Canadians in some aspects um, and that can be a good thing and a bad thing I I like in Canada how you know in the workplace generally people are pretty considerate of other people's feelings and oh well I, I don't want to offend you like this is what's happening sure um, and that's maybe that's just the Canadian people or maybe it's a bit of a hangover from American sort of um, I don't want to say like suing culture but you know there's that my feeling is and this, this is a pretty limited sample size I've had as well right but um, seems like there's a lot of well there could be a lot of like oh well you can't do that because someone will sue us for this or something right it's, whereas in Australia it's it can be it's it's not as much of that overall sewing culture particularly compared to the states um, but I think how that transfers or trans yeah I guess transfers is um, you know like if if we're in Australia I can, and someone's made a mistake on a job or something's happened and an excavator's stuck I can just feel like well whole project's fucked the excavator's stuck right yeah uh, what are we doing to sort it out let's have a meeting let's make a decision chat about it and then come forward with a plan and I find in Canada that it can be a bit more oh that's a shame yeah what are we going to do okay well uh it's not point any fingers about whose fault it may or may not be, but um, obviously we need, it's, I don't know, maybe it's a bit more decisive or directedness from Australia. I think the other thing I have noticed actually is health and safety culture is, I think Australia is probably five or ten years ahead in terms of compared to the states in Canada. Like, I know I've told you this before, but, um, you know, I... I, will, I used to work in an office area that had a yard out the back with equipment, like heavy drill rigs and stuff in it. And even though I wasn't planning on going into that yard, every morning I'd have to have a breathalyzer test mm. to make sure I, was, I didn't have any alcohol in my system because my the company I work for didn't want um, that to be a risk in terms of injuring yourself. Right. Yeah. Well, I think in the States, too, I know Jay just did a course in, uh, in Winnipeg, yeah. and they looked at test examples in the States of, um, it was in, like, the school division, because she works in the school yep. division, and uh, it was just different cases of, uh, I think, just, like, it's ridiculous, but they, they studied them. One, one example is there's this kid that 
went to, I think it was like an art class or whatever in school. Yeah. And then the kid, they were using like coat hanger wire for this art project. Right. Long story short, kid takes out his eyeball with the coat, ha- coat hanger. Right. And then the parents sue the school and say that, well, he wasn't at art class enough to receive instruction about on how to use, how to use uh, or didn't receive instruction on this art yeah. project, yada, yada, yada. And they won. Yeah. They won the case. Whereas really, like, if you're that dumb or, like, if you're just not that careful... Like, you make mistakes, you own up to it, but in the States, you, going back to your point, yeah. you, can stu- you can sue for anything. Yeah. And then people are, that are business that. owners or yep. whatever, are, like, paranoid of everything, so they go through ridiculous lengths to make sure that procedures and rules are in place to yeah. avoid any potential mishap or, yeah. or mistake. And that's... Which would ultimately affect, like, the culture in, like, oh, totally. a workplace and then also have an, a trickle effect on, like, the behaviors yeah. of People. the employees and how you interact. Yeah. When it's, like, one-off, onesie-twosie situations of, like, just... People being people and mistakes happening. Yeah. But then when there's repercussions and money and people getting sued and everything, it takes on a whole other meaning. But I think it has a lot larger effect other than, oh, that family got paid out. Yeah, totally. And it's, you know, like that's a tragic circumstance, an accident, and whatever Absolutely. else you want to call it. Like no one, no one wants to see a no. kid lose an eye from a card hanger in an art class. No. The, yeah, I mean, you know, I remember in school we do woodworking classes and stuff, right? Right. And you'd be using chisels and hammers and saws and everything. Yeah. And it, like, I never got hurt. I don't think any of my class, I can't recall any of my classmates that are getting hurt. Yeah. Um, but it would have been interesting to find out, like, I'm not saying I wish one of my classmates got hurt. <laughs> But like theoretically, theoretically, it would have been interesting to find out like if someone did like say lose the thumb from a circular saw or something like that, whether they whether the parents would have sued. Yeah, you know, like well in Canada, like in Winnipeg, we had that, and I had friends that knew people in their shops class that that happened. Really, and they lost a finger or whatever. Never heard of anybody suing anyone. Yeah, like you, you weren't paying attention. You. Saw it off a finger, like suck it up by the cup. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. That's awful. I would never yeah. wish that on anyone. But like, what do you, who, who are you gonna sue? Well, I really? guess the, there's that. There is that sort of ownership culture of you know, like oh yeah, put your hand up. That was my mistake, kind of thing. Like, could we have done this better, or could we have done this a different way? Yes. Uh, is it like it sort of goes into. I guess a broader conversation about like um, hazards and risks, right? Like, if you want to eliminate all hazards from every single thing, you could you could try and do that, right? Yes. Like, you say, okay, heaps of people die every year from cars. Great, we're no longer driving anywhere sure. because they're too dangerous. Sure. Or, but then, you know, how how do you function in a society that goes to those? What well, doesn't those work because it turns into a dictatorship, and yeah. then that does it work yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> clearly it's never worked yeah. in history before yeah right it's so interesting yeah all those like hypothetical arguments about like oh well imagine if we yeah I, I don't know about you like I 
not hypothesise, but like sometimes I think like, oh, I wonder, you know, what would happen if there was a huge earthquake or let's say Seattle got nuked or something and like would the world, would it keep going? Like would people, you know, if there's an earthquake in Vancouver, I'm probably not going to go to work the next day, right? Because I'm picking up the pieces of where we live. But like is, I wonder how quickly it will return to normal, right? Mm. Or if there's like uh, a war somewhere in North America, I wonder, you know, how how impactful that would be to me or people like yourself. Or you know, I don't know. It's like, hard to tell. There was an earthquake not long ago in uh, California that yeah. they declared a state of emergency. Yep. I, heard, I heard about, about it. Though. I heard about it on the the day or the day after, and then after that, I think California everything's running back to normal. Like yeah. a day, I, I don't know. Maybe it was a week for them yeah. that were really affected, but like I don't know. Yeah. It seems like it's just too big of a country to stop, to stop. it in its yeah. entirety. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely true. I think it goes back to. Uh, do you remember George Carlin, comedian? He passed away a number no. of years ago. He was an older guy. He did, like, 12 HBO specials. Brilliant, critical thinker about anything mainstream. He would pick it apart. Okay. And anyways, he talked about how in... Well, he's talking about the States, but I'd say, like, North America. Basically, North Americans, little by little, are giving away, like... Freedom after Personal freedom freedoms. after yeah. freedom for safety or the illusion of, of safety. safety. Yeah, like for the greater good. Right. Yeah. But I think that is like continuing to happen, and I am. In what examples? Like. Well, nine eleven prime example, right? Yeah. Like the whole security of like getting on an airplane, traveling through like using yeah. air transport. Yeah. Obviously ramped up. Hugely after that. Yeah. After that, and some are good, but I think and I think rules are great, but have some logic when actually applying them. And prime example is like us flying here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing because 911 is funny. I'm laughing because so another story that Dean's going to tell. Yes. Yeah. So I already shared this story, but I'll share it again. Jade and I were flying out of Winnipeg Airport into. Uh, we went and spent a week in Kelowna in the Okanagan before coming here but on the airport we, we get to the airport and then we have already we used airtight bags for ziplock bags, ziploc bags yeah. for our liquids we had them all packaged we made sure they were like under 100 milliliters etc we didn't use the airport bags and we go through security we go through they check our bag through the uh, x-ray machine and then uh, the uh, employee pulls our bag that has liquids aside and says, oh, you can only fit one of these bags per person in your luggage. And we didn't have a those types. We didn't bag. have a second Ziploc bag. Yeah. And instead of her just giving us one, we had to or would have had to go back out to the back of the line and then gone through security again just to get a second bag when it's really like it's right there you could just give us a bag yeah. and then we could divide it equally and instead we had to get rid of half our these are first world problems that I'm talking yeah. about so like take it with a grain of salt people that are listening but 
there's zero logic behind that, and it was more just the power trip yeah, of them. Behind the implementation of that rule. Implementing yeah. this rule, when really it was just like, guys, we're just, we, we have it all sorted out. It's just not in, a, in the right proper bag. But no, this is a rule, and it's just a, that's a bit of freedom that we've like that Even we now. don't have yeah. anymore that are, is for the greater good but really we're talking about hair gel and this and that and the other thing and like you, you use some common logic when implementing these rules when when traveling it's it's getting it's ridiculous it's almost like perfect timing there's a plane going overhead there is yes um, yes that's interesting as well because this is I don't know if you guys want to talk about this um but that's that's a good example of how a horrible event happened um, in 9/11. They recognised where or what what circumstances may have led to that happening. Yeah. And I'm not talking like U.S. foreign policy and all the stuff that no. happened in the 80s with like the Gulf Wars and everything. I'm talking just like although that's a big factor, huge factor. <laughs> Yeah. But we'll brush that aside and talk but, about the um, Like, you know, just someone being able to get on board with some kind of weapon or firearm, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep, so what are we going to do? Well, we're going to stop people from getting on board with firearms. Great. Or weapons. Great. Okay. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to be more strict with our controls at airport security. Yeah. Fantastic. And yet, you know, like just this last week... Again, there were two mass shootings, or three mass shootings in a week in the States. And that right can't be impinged upon because it's in the Constitution. But, you know, it just seems, it seems as an outsider, someone who, you know, Australia had... Um, one. You had one big mass shooting. Yeah, it was Port Arthur in... Uh, Not I think long it was, ago. Well, it was probably in, like, the... I think it was 93... Yeah. in Tasmania oh, we weren't there at the time I was actually scheduled to go on a field trip to that tourist event that tourist location like later in the year or something right okay and um, yeah essentially a guy killed like I think 43 or 48 people Jeez. and then from there they're like okay no more semi-automatic weapons no more like automatic weapons all this sort of stuff yeah and so it's interesting that you're saying you know like freedoms are sort of getting impinged on for the greater good, which I, I believe there's evidence for that as well. But the blaringly obvious one of, like, gun violence in the States is not being addressed. Yeah. And it's... it's it, that, to me, is illogical. Like... Yeah, yeah I mean... It's... it's uh, yeah. And even, like, comedians have said, oh, you know, all... You know, they've made cases for, oh, well, we've got to have our firearms. Like, you know you're bringing guns to a drone fight. Like, the government has drones. If you're worried about the government, like... You have no chance yeah. against a drone. Yeah. No. Anyway, but yeah. that's, that's a bit of a left-field pathway. But yeah. No, it's a perfect point. But I think you're arguing two different things because I don't think guns fall into that category at all. I but feel what? like, I don't know, it just is... Guns are just, like, tied to, like... The American way, the American right, they're like entrenched in like the bedrock of like the foundation of that society. Yeah, for like American, and you like take that away. Yeah, but 
I agree with you. Yeah. I just think it's like it's so deep rooted in like oh, yeah. who they are. Yeah. Like I remember I had uh, other friends from Australia that came um, to our wedding. Yep. Uh, Jade and I's wedding, but before they stopped over in um, the states and they went to Las Vegas. Okay. And. Uh, they went to a shooting range because right. they wanted to experience yeah, yeah, yeah. what it's like. Yeah, we don't have those in Australia, right? Right. Yeah. No shooting ranges. So they went to one, and it, and I remember my buddy, who's Australian, describing to me his experience, and he's like, it was so weird. You go to this shooting range, and there was a family, like two parents, like a kid, like two kids, like guy, like boy and girl, and uh, they were all shooting guns. And they were like, and like this kid, like this young kid had like this, I don't know, semi-automatic, doesn't matter. Some kind of weapon. Some sort of like weapon, gun. And he was just like, <laughs> like, kind of like Rambo style, like, yeah, sh- yeah. like firing this gun. It's not like and the whole family bullets. was like, yeah, this is just like a fun night out, like just like normal. And they were just like, what it's the so fuck fun, is man. going on here? Yeah. Like, this is not healthy, normal, or should not be normal at all. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, a lot of uh, like people in Winnipeg have places in Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. and uh, they go down there during the winter months, and yeah. like there's like a shooting range, well, there's tons of shooting ranges, and I've looked on like a couple of their websites, and they have like ladies' night Tuesday shootings, where okay. like, and like I get the point because they want to like if you're going to have a gun better to know how to use it so you want to be able to get educated on like how to how to use a gun yeah that's fine but that's not the point point is like normalizing a gun and actually having one using one like I wouldn't want to be like a robber like breaking and entering like you're gonna get shot yeah. Over like a TV, a TV, yeah. right? <laughs> Three hundred dollars flat screen TV. It's out of date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting, actually, because Sam and I did the half marathon in Vancouver earlier this year, and uh, you know, afterwards we're like going down to get brunch, and there were like Canadian police SWAT teams, Military, I guess. Yeah. And it was really, really foreign to me. Yeah. Seeing like. A person walking around with like a purely a military day. style firearm. Yeah. That I was like, oh, that's like it got me automatically on edge and like, well, why do they need that here? Yeah. Like, what are they worried about? Yeah. Okay, I mean, potential bombing bombings, I assume, yeah. but I hadn't even thought about that. Like, the whole time we were training for this thing, and I'm sure this is what people in the Boston Marathon thought as well, right? No one goes to a marathon thinking, like, oh, maybe I'll. Uh, Maybe I'll get bombed today. Like, that's horrific. Yeah. And you can't live your life like that anyway because then you'd never do anything. Yeah. But it was very it was very stark to, like, you know, we, we finished this half. We were both feeling really good about it. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm actually feeling a lot better than I thought I was. Oh, yeah, that's great. Okay, let's, like, go grab a beer and some breakfast. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, holy shit. There's, like, people here with huge firearms. Like, well, I think the point is you don't have to... Like, you can go to plenty of, like, countries, and, like, the, you, you don't see, like, a military presence, no. and they exist, and they flourish, and you don't, like, you don't need it. Yeah. It's not necessary. Yeah. Right? You know, like, I don't know, do you see in, and I haven't been, so I'm just 
guessing, but you go to like Norway or like some of these Nordic countries or whatever, are you going to see like a bunch of military like walking around? Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah, I don't know. In Italy, in Rome, we did. Really? We saw like Italian okay. military at like the train uh, stations and stuff. Stations. They were they were like in full on like army gear, walking around with like I don't know AK forty sevens or whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's just like on a random Tuesday. Like, was there a yeah. special yeah, event? Yeah, or no, what? no. Yeah, see so like that that random. Would, that and would, I was like, okay, maybe. that's a foreign feeling for me. Yeah, yeah. It was for us too, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I know. I just don't think you need guns. No, I mean no. Not for like, the common. Like, for, if you're a hunter, sure. Go Not nuts. for people that live in apartments in no. the North Van. No. Like, no. 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 Totally agree. It's interesting. Um, so, okay, so you really, really enjoyed Italy, basically. Yes. Except for that small part in the train station. <laughs> Everything other than that? Yeah, and that was a brief so second. so cultural, right? And the then guns, I was just like, the food, the wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I smelled pizza after I saw that guy and was yeah, like, like, I'm yeah. going to go over there. This, yeah. this looks good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gelato? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, it was good. Okay, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else is there to chat about? Well, you know, the we, were t- we were talking about social media before this. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So let's let's dive in. Actually, before we talk about social media, let's talk about banking. Sure. Yep. So I noticed that you are part of Tangerine. Yes. Is it Tangerine? Yeah. That's what it says on the yeah, card. Yeah, Tangerine banking yeah. it's like a bright orange card I can, I'll debit, do you want me to read out the number uh, <laughs> yes yes please <laughs> pin uh, on the back please yeah it's uh, so the number is six uh, <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> um, give it a shot guys yeah so what so we were talking a little bit about it so talk about kind of the benefits of tangerine because I don't know anybody else that is part of tangerine but I've seen it start to pop up and become a little bit more popular. Yeah. So what is Tangerine? So, I've, it's, I use the same bank in Australia. It's called something different. It's called um, I, ING, I think. And it's it's okay. a Dutch bank. Okay. And so I use it in Australia because uh, one of my co-workers down there, at, the mo- at that time I was with one of like, there's basically four big banks in Australia. There's like Commonwealth, Westpac, ANZ, and NAB, right? I was with Commonwealth and I was talking to my coworker about, you know, like bank fees and how generally shit they are. And she's like, oh, well, you should go with uh, ING then because you don't pay any fees. And I was like, what do you mean you don't pay any fees? She's like, yeah, like, there's no bank, monthly bank fees. And you, um, and by the way, I don't have shares in Tangerine or ING. Yeah, this isn't a promotion this isn't a or promo. I don't know what their, endorsement or anything yeah, like that. I don't that. know what like, their... their practices are in different countries or whatever else but um, I so I joined up with them in Australia and started using them just for my banking and then they offered like a bit more competitive interest rates no bank fees and then in Australia you get the whole ATM charges and basically as well you could take money out of any ATM charge without like you'd say oh yeah it'll cost two dollars great but then they'd reimburse that two dollars back to you so I just thought it was a good way to save a bit more money and be a bit more, I guess, financially um, savvy, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so when I came over here, I joined 
tangerine because uh, I've found that that was the equivalent to ING in Canada. And it's been good. Like, um, essentially, you don't pay any bank fees, which I like because I don't really see how it makes sense that I put money in a bank and they then use that money to leverage loan. And this is a very simplistic my view of it. I don't know. I think it's relatively accurate, but I'm definitely not like a financial markets person, right? Didn't do business or anything. And um, so anyway, everyone has money in banks and then they use that money to make loans to corporations or whatever else. And they're they're making interest off that, right? But then they also charge you like $10 a month for the privilege of keeping your money and loaning it out to other people, basically. And, um, Great model. Yeah. Great model. And so I, like, I don't mind tangerine. I like that I don't pay bank fees. The negative of it is that it's very hard to find a physical bank location. Yeah. So everything's over the phone. Um, and when I wanted to buy some shares in the company I work for, I had to, they didn't offer that check service, like bank check. So I had to then open up like an RBC account or something to transfer money and then do that. Got it. But overall, for the slight inconvenience of like not having any locations, I think I've probably, I've had them for three years, so if it's $10 a month, 360 bucks a year, I've saved like, let's say, almost a grand in bank fees. Yeah. Which I'll probably spend on something just as useless, but yeah. at least I'm getting something for that. Is that math right? 10 bucks a month? Be 120 a year. 120 a year. Yeah. Times three. Yeah. Four. 360. 360. 360. Yeah. But yeah. still, 360 bucks in yeah. your pocket. That's why I'm not in business, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we got to carry the one. Do it every time. Yeah. Yeah. Us, I'm actually, I'm actually quite good at very simple math. Uh, not fractions, but like or addition, addition or, or subtraction. Okay, addition. Two and two, four. Simple, right? Give me another one. I'm actually really good at my nines times tables, up until eighty-one. Mm, nine nines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because incidentally, when I was in Scone, for some reason we were learning times tables. Yeah. And our teacher decided to make an interval competition of who could say it the fastest. And I always smoked people. <laughs> because people would start saying, like, they start, like, oh, zero, nine's a zero, uh, like, one, nine is nine, or... Well, sorry, no, that's, like, nine times zero is zero, nine times one is nine, nine times two is right. eight. Right, But I'd go, nine times zero is zero, one, nine's a nine, two, nine's nine, three, nine's 27, four, nine's 36, four, nine's 45, right? Yeah. And so... Uh, yeah, so anyway, that's a little bit of trivia that's for a the beautiful fun fact. avid listeners. Yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, that's like that. the only times table I'm really good at. <laughs> Just nines. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we will get into the twelves. Yeah, and Actually, apparently, you know what? I do a heap of I do a heap of math stuff in work, <laughs> and I feel really bad for the people who have to check it. Work's going great. Work's yeah. going really. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've said, you know. Well, it's good that all my work gets checked by someone else. Yeah. And not in like a, oh, we're making sure Jared doesn't completely fuck this up. But, um, yeah. So, anyway, that's sort of reassuring. Maths is definitely not my strong point. The other thing is, you guys call it math. Yes. Yes. We call it maths. Plural. Yeah. What are you pluralizing? We're doing lots of sums and stuff. I don't know. Like, I'm never... Mathematics? Because you don't say mathematic. You say mathematics. 
But then you don't say, Correct. we just say maths. Maths. Yeah. But you guys say a lot of things that just are... Oh, weird. Are just, they, they don't make any sense. Yeah. That's one, actually, that you're... Okay, I guess you're shortening mathematics, maths, but you shorten everything, like like bathing suits or bathing suits or bathers or Swimmers. board so- shorts 40s. or forties. Yeah. Thongs um, for your feet. Thongs for your feet. Uh, we don't say thongs for your feet. We just say thongs <laughs> or pluggers. Some people Plug- call them pluggers. Pluggers, yeah. Pluggers. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, that's know, for like plugs. sort of Haviana type brand where they've got like the little. Um, you know, the plug at the bottom of it, I guess, that stops the the thing that goes over your toes from coming off. Yes. Pluggers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Plum pluggers. Okay. Um, what else? Sunnies for um, sunglasses. Yeah. We have a lot of, like... Um, you shorten everything. But interestingly enough, though, if you were... Like, if you lived in Australia, people would probably call you Dino. Yeah, I've got that a Not lot. Not Dean. <laughs> You'd be like, Dino, give us a beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. So... I don't know. We shorten we're... some things, but then we elongate others. Like, yes. Arvo for afternoon is I yes. like. I use that a lot. Yeah. Um, good yeah, day. Good day. Good day yeah. instead of good day. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever says good day. Yeah. Good day to you, sir. Yeah. Like good day, mate. Good day, yeah. mate. Yeah. It's interesting. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's the speech as well. Like, there are some good sayings that. Uh, like I was talking to a guy in Australia on Skype the other day and we were talking about a project we're doing he's like oh you know it's just got to be within QE of each other and that means you know what that means? QE? QE QE yeah no you know like when you go QE and someone else will go QE so it's, he's basically <laughs> saying like it's got to be within shouting distance of each other oh okay no I haven't heard that yeah and he's just like he's just he just he, said it yeah he's one of these guys that's a typical Australian in that you know we were uh, we were writing a report he's like oh you know don't we don't want to be all war and peace because war and peace is a really thick book and he's like I don't want a really thick report but he didn't say he didn't explain that he's just like yeah Baffer don't make it all war and peace mate right and Baffer's like what are you talking about yeah yeah yeah. and he's just like oh I just don't I don't I want it to be concise yeah (laughs) And so then you, you invariably you say something like that, and then the Canadians he's talking about have no idea what he's talking about. So yes. then he has to explain it, and it's longer. But he he doesn't he doesn't. It's not like he's deliberately doing it. That's no, just a saying he uses all the time. Of course. Yeah. I think one of the funniest stories that bring that that I think of is when we hosted a party in London, and everyone came over and uh, we're having drinks, and you wanted to get some. Ice. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. That and uh, you asked several people, yeah, where's where's the ice? Yeah. And I just want some ice. And we're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what what do you want? And you're yeah. like, ice. And we're like, ice. You want ice like ice cubes? Yeah. We're like, yeah, ice. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was the other thing that has propped up in that when you're the only Australian person with like 30 other or well, 38 other women who all do speech pathology and all learn about how specific sounds how to enunciate yeah and they're like oh that's so interesting oh he's changing it's like you get picked apart oh very much so heaps heaps yeah I got picked apart heaps you get but picked that's heaps. and there's <clears throat> I've probably told you this story before probably in the ice story but I was at a service station and I wanted some ice and so I was like, oh, four bags of ice, please. 
and the lady and this is like you know English was not her first language so she was definitely used oh, to okay. a more North American accent of ice yes. or something right yes and um, she's like yeah I'll have four bags of ice and she's like uh, what I was like yeah four bags of ice please she's like oh we don't sell that or she said something like um, oh we have two types we have firewood or uh, kindling <laughs> I was like what no ice like and it's it's sometimes a struggle sometimes it's hilarious like because I don't think I have an accent yeah but obviously compared to everyone else I very clearly probably have an accent you do even though my Australian friends I think if I go back home I I use I'm like oh, I'm just going to the washroom no one says washroom in Australia right so like oh washroom it's so fancy yeah like, it's just, Okay. I thought that was hilarious when I went to Australia, yeah. and we would ask, "Where's the washroom or bathroom?" Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> "Like, what are you going to like? Are you going to wash yourself?" It's like, yeah. no, I have to use. I need the to toilet. go to the toilet. It's yeah. like, well, that's so what we toilet. say. Yeah. yeah. Where's the toilet? Yeah. But it's like it's a dirty word. I know. For North Americans to ask, like, where's the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do like, I do like washroom. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's just a bit less crude. Yep. I think, right? Like, that's that Australian directness. Yeah, probably. North, like Canadian or North American, like softness. Yeah. In language. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think. Toilet and bathroom. Yeah. So that was. Yeah, there was a couple of speech pathologists who would, with the best intentions, and it's purely just them being interested, but they would. It was like a flock of seagulls. Ois, 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 ois. <laughs> Mind, mind, mind. And then, yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, that's not how I talk. And then we're like, that's not how I talk. I'm like, literally, that isn't how I talk. I'm like, oh, that's not how. And they just, is there a fucking echo in here? Like, so, um, yeah. I'm glad that, in one way, I'm glad that, like, our social events now don't involve 38 speech pathologists yes. because it's a lot easier just to chat to people in my natural habitat <laughs> without my language. Chat to two or three and yeah. then only have to. Yeah, yeah, Explain yeah. yourself. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's why Em finds you so interesting, is that it's she's be. secretly just... She's making notes on Ooh. all these different sayings. She says she's making a blog for teaching toddlers to talk, but it could be teacher Australian to talk. <laughs> teaching Australians <laughs> to talk. And it's like, you know, yeah. maybe maybe she thinks I'm at a toddler level of intelligence. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, Jade and I have looked, uh, like, considered moving and living in Australia yeah. and uh, and then we've had the flip side of that conversation where she's like oh man I would have to watch my enunciation when working with kids because yeah. she wouldn't want to teach them the Canadian North American saying pronunciation no, get picked on. or cool. like how to pronounce <laughs> exactly right so it would be a little bit of an adjustment on on that if- side like, how much how much time did you spend in Australia? I've spent a lot. I spent like a full year after I turned eighteen. So, do you think when you came back after that, did people notice that you had uh, a different? Like, did you sound differently? Did do you remember that? Uh, I was cognizant enough to just switch it back. Okay. But there was things that I just picked up and used in common phrasing used, yeah that yeah. I that I really liked using in Australia but that people I was didn't like understand oh, the I wish I could here. just keep using this yeah. in Canada 
Yeah. So it was a pretty easy transition. And they're pretty similar cultures. Very. Like in terms of, yeah, there's not, it's, it's not like you're moving to a totally different place. No, not at all. Um, no. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because that's something that I'm, like if Em and I have kids, it's going to be very interesting. Like they'll, they'll grow up speaking, uh, I assume in like a North American. English. Canadian accent. Um, Depends where you have kids. Yeah, I mean, if we have kids in Canada, I assume they'll grow up speaking a North American Canadian accent. Yeah. But then they'll probably also get some of my phrases as well. Like, I'm not going to sure. start saying afternoon no. for the next 60 years no. because I haven't, no. you know, yeah. Yeah. they'll just learn yeah. that. That was that, your avo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. It'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Nice little blend of both. Or being able to understand both is always good. It would be nice to be bilingual. That's something that I do like how there's the option for that in Canada because you can get that in Australia, but it's really Australian and then more Bogan. And <laughs> Bogan's not... It's not really well-spoken any other anywhere else. Explain Bogan to those who have never heard the term. Yeah, so a, a Bogan's like an Australian redneck. Yes. And... So the equivalent would be a, a North American hick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's... My and this is a generalisation, but yes, my generalisation of bogans is that most of them come from the state of Queensland. <laughs> um, because nothing wrong with Queensland; it's a great place. But a lot of bogans, a lot of bogans. And um, I was working in a mining camp up there one time, and uh, some it was in a small town called Emerald, which is like a long way from the ocean, right? That's a beautiful. Or there's, a, there's the town of Emerald outside of Melbourne as well. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Quick side story. Different place. There's, yes, this must be. So there's the Dandenong Mountains outside yep, yep, of Melbourne. Yep. Yeah, they're and really And then nice. you can take Puffing Billy, which is like a beautiful train. Okay. That you can sit on the outside, like you can put, you hang your legs outside the window. And you like hang out the side of the train. Do you have a seatbelt on? No. You sit, there's like bars in the window, and okay. you like hang your legs out the window, and you like put your arms or shoulders over top of like the bars. The but you can, yeah. like your head, your legs are hanging on the outside of the train. That's cool. And I think it's still coal powered. It's oh, really? old. Like it is like, I, I don't know, it's old. Like yeah. de- decades, decades old. And you go through the Dandenong Mountains. It's a beautiful, like, tourist attraction outside of Melbourne to, to take. I highly encourage people to actually check it out. It's really cool. And you can get st- you can stop over and you can do, like, bird tours where, like, you just see all these, like, beautiful wild birds. And, uh, and then you keep going and then you can stop in a place called Emerald. Okay. And the sister town is Emerald in Manitoba. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Emerald but Manitoba, the, but the hilarious no, the hilarious <laughs> part is that you have Emerald Mel- like uh, Victoria, Victoria, which is this very beautiful little town, and then the sister town is just like it's not that beautiful. Where's like, Emerald, Emerald Manitoba? Manitoba. Uh, North. I can't remember the direction, but uh, you just have to Google it and. Uh, I don't know if there's a large Mennonite or Hutterite population in uh, Emerald, Manitoba, Manitoba yeah. but um, anyways, I thought that was hilarious when we found that out when we were in Emerald, Because there's probably a sign that says, like, 
sister town of Emerald yes. Manitoba. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, like whoever. And I don't know if they would like swap and like you can work or right. live in like the opposite town and just get like experience. a funny Canadian joke. Like. But <laughs> whoever's like coming from Emerald Manitoba is like definitely getting the plus. Yeah. And the, and then the opposite, they they're getting the short side of the stick. Yeah. I think. Not to shit on my own province and town, but like yeah. I. <laughs> Let's call it spade if, a spade. If anyone can do it, it's you. Like, yeah, let's call yeah. it spade a spade. So, anyways, sorry, you yeah. were in Emerald, Queensland. Queensland. Yeah, yes. which is um, in the Bowen Basin, so it's a big coal mining area. And you're at this mining camp, and there was a guy who was like dragging some nets, going down to like do some yabby fishing. And yabbies are like sort of small crayfish or lobsters that are like found in freshwater creeks and billabongs in Australia. And um, I was talking to this guy, and like super nice guy I was like oh what are you doing there and he's like oh just going down to get some yabbies or you know whatever and I was like oh yeah cool and then for some reason like we I was like oh you know are you a local like do you like have you always grown up here or something he's like yeah mate Queensland why would you need to go anywhere else <laughs> and it's like Queensland is a nice place but if you're limiting yourself to only Queensland you're going to have a a really bogan lifestyle and um so yeah, I, I don't miss the Australian very, bogans. Very That's bogan what, mentality. Yeah, right there. exactly. Yeah. Right, like I'll stay here. Yeah. yeah, got everything I need. Right, don't here. need to go to Rome, mate. Got a bloody Italian place just down the street. Does great subways. You know, good pizza. It's called Papa John's or Domino's or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so there's that. Well, how are we getting onto that? Oh yeah, Talk I said bogans. bogans. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Bogans, and, like, if you go on YouTube and just search Bogans, I think you can get lost in, like, hilarious, like, mindless entertainment of, like, the different things that Bogans do or say. Yeah, so the the Bogan accent is, like, it's, Australia's not like America or potentially some parts of Canada as well where, you know, if, if you're in Chicago or Boston... Boston particularly and you can say oh well they're from Boston because they have a distinct Boston accent right. same with like the south and like oh you know they might be from Texas or somewhere that yeah, way and like New York tweet. accent Chicago like LA accent whatever right Australian major cities are pretty without like the, the, they can be interchanged relatively easily there's some small differences like Melbourne's got a really large Greek and Italian population yes um, which is awesome because there's super good food down there. Yeah. Whereas Sydney, you know, has maybe like a larger Asian population and they've got like a big Chinatown, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But like generally speaking, I can't tell from, I can't tell where someone's from in Australia if they're from a big city. I can tell someone's from a city or the country if they speak Bogan, <laughs> which is like, g'day mate, how you going? Oh fuck, what's going on over there? You know, a lot of swearing, a bit more... A lot of swearing. Yeah, a bit more like um, uh, lovable scoundrel type attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Probably drive a car that's really loud as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm generalising here as well, obviously. Yes. But yeah, that's the typical Bogan place. So like central Queensland, full of Bogans. Right. Yeah. And why would they need to go anywhere else? Why would they? Why it's paradise, would they? mate. Yeah. God's country. It's all, you, it's all you ever need. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can be killed... In the country by a snake or in the ocean by a stingray. Or, a, you know, like a bloody... Okay, actually, a bit of a diversion here. Yes. So, Steve Irwin? Yes. Crocodile hunter. Crocodile... Well, yeah, croc... No. 
Crocodile Dundee. What's Steve Irwin is just wildlife warrior guy, right? Steve Irwin is crocodile hunter. Okay. Yeah. So he had what I probably would describe as a ochre, boganish accent. Okay. In just the way he spoke. And it's not to say he's an idiot or he's silly or anything. No. It's just his the way he expresses certain things and mannerisms and all that yes. sort of stuff. Yes. That is a good example of what a, a bogan might be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And a great one at that. Oh, fantastic. Bloody National brilliant. bloody icon. Yeah. <laughs> National <laughs> hero. Yeah. yeah. It was a bad week actually when he died because he got stung by a stingray, stingray in the heart. Yes. And then like a few days later, there's this thing called um, V8 supercars in Australia. And one, like a really famous uh, V8 supercar driver died that mm. same week as well. So it was a bad Shit week to be week. an Australian icon. Well, lucky Hugh Jackman was like wrapped in cotton wool or something. Yeah. 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 It's starting to rain, eh? Yeah, it is a little bit. We'll just play it by ear. I got my laptop out here, but... Um, you can always go on the cover as well. I can also put the laptop under here. Oh, yeah. Let me do that. Because I got a long cord. Beauty. And then the other thing you wanted to talk about was social media. Yes. So, social media. So, we were talking... You're, you're definitely more of an expert at this than I am. So, that's my background. Marketing. And I grew up in basically doing everything social media related. Yeah. So I have good, yes, yes, I would say I'm, I'm an expert in, in social media, but I like to talk to other people who, you're more a user of yeah. social media, but you're bright enough to kind of see trends and well, what not in maths. <laughs> not in maths, <laughs> but trends on like what's going on in society and how people communicate, etc. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before this about social media. So uh, do you want to just restate what you were what you were saying? Um, yeah, I can't remember the exact the exact phrasing, but um, it's my interpretation of it is that it's basically just a way to get data and mine data yes and um as a and yeah you know, like we were basically saying that we we feel as though facebook's sort of on a downward trend whereas like instagram is sort of on an upward trend or upward trajectory yes um and like i don't have facebook anymore i got rid of it or i disabled it probably uh, maybe three years ago. I think it was... Was it when we were in London or was it maybe a bit before that? Yeah, you didn't have it when we were in London. Yeah. No. So, um, I got rid of it because I stopped... I didn't like how uh, the news stories weren't really news. It was just people shouting their opinions about stuff. And the ads, it's a lot of ads. And then, you know, it's also... It's, it's just data mining, basically. And um, ironically, I use Instagram, and I like that. I like the platform it's on, and I like you know I try and take some nice landscape photographs sometimes. And you're also a photographer. You have like very poor. Or, whatever amateur photographer. Yeah, yeah. You have like a DSLR camera. You know how yeah. to like. 
you know more than your basics. Yeah, I would say of like yeah. how to navigate a like a, a DSLR camera. Yeah, and there's so yeah. So I use Instagram to look at that. You like the photo yeah. aspect yeah. of Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. Typically, it's just a picture. Like I'll look at like you know nice landscape photos. Yes, and it's like okay, that's a cool spot. Like where is that? That makes me want to go traveling there or you know whatever um and do you know so there's a couple of questions i want to ask you actually if that's mm-hmm. okay i don't know if that's yes. going against the theme of the podcast no i love being asked questions and okay. even though i'm the interviewer i like being at, it makes it more flowy Organic. and then the listener gets to learn about the host as well as the yep. guest and it, it's good so ask as okay. many questions as you want so as a, a social media professional mm-hmm. let's say do you like you use it to target advertisements to certain people yes so because you're aware of the let's say the the, the back shop of that right yes, yes. Is that does that make you more mindful about your front end user experience? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And does it matter? Like, if someone, so I guess the question I'm asking is like, you know, like we were talking about a TV show the other day, right? Which you hadn't watched and you hadn't looked at it at all. Yes. And there was one on Amazon, and I was saying, oh, it's, I like it. It's kind of funny. Yes. And then you got an ad for that. On Instagram. The next day. The on, next day. On Twitter. On Twitter. Yes. And there's no way I, like, I've never searched for it before. I 100%, well, whatever. I'm very confident, 99 point whatever percent confident that our phones listen to our conversations and they pick up keywords. Yep. Trending, trending topics or something. to when I do advertisements on Google because I'm Google certified as well so I know how to do ads on Google and on Facebook and different social media platforms and you type in keywords so that when people search the different keywords then your ad pops up well I think our phones are just listening to us all the time and then they pick up keywords and then that will then serve up an ad relevant to the keywords that it's listening to. Yeah. And Jade and I have tested this out by just like putting the phone in between us and just shouting out different brands. Yep. And then we see an ad on Instagram later. Later. With one of those brands. And it's like, well, outside, like we never talked about Charmin toilet paper before, right. or we would name out things that we just don't normally talk about in conversation so yeah. that it's weird and obscure and then it actually pops up so as an ad. Do you think <clears throat> and Matty who is staying with us would be I don't know if you'd be keen to get him on, but he'd be a really interesting person to talk to about this, 100%, right? Yes. Because I've talked to him about it and he's like, yeah, I don't really care if like I'm looking for sunglasses and they send me an ad for sunglasses. That's relevant. That's fine. That's what I'm looking for. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I guess it'll be interesting to see what your thoughts on this are. Is that that's that's kind of harmless. Like, you're being advertised to anyway, regardless, like, if you go to the pub or if you watch TV or if you watch YouTube or, you yeah. know, whatever, right? There's yeah. stuff. So I'd rather be advertised to stuff that 
I want to be advertised to, which is stuff that's relevant to my lifestyle now. And it's things that you're, like, when you're online, a prime example of, like, I think the, the first kind of industry that started doing this was, like, travel industry, right? Like, so you start typing to Google trips to Mexico yep. or whatever, and then you go on a different site, and then all of a sudden you see, like, a deal for flights Mexico, to Mexico or yeah. flights to yeah. Cancun, and that's what you were searching for, but on a different website. And people yeah. are like, well, how does that work? And that's just remarketing or uh, retargeting ads. And it's basically how that works is, like, you have the Google network. And so this is how you do, like, a, a remarketing ad. So... You set up in the back end of like, hey, I'm going to do a remarketing ad, and so, then... Is that a box you tick, like new ad, remarket? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's very seamless, easy to create. Okay. And so Google, so each website has ad space, similar to a billboard when you're driving down oh, a highway. There's limited space. So there's oh, a, yeah, each on website, the sides. yeah, down yeah, the okay. sidebars yeah. or at the top or at the yeah. bottom. There's or it'll be a pop up from like or a pop up, yeah. whatever. But there's ad space on all different websites. Yep. And you put into Google, okay, I want to target your demographic, your age, your specifics of like who your target demographic is. You put all yeah. that information in, put in a budget, figure out like how much you want to spend. And on then, your ad. Yeah, on your yeah. ad. And then you like submit it and then the ad runs. And then it basically can shop for that ad space on different websites. For different demographics. For the different de yeah. demographics. So, for instance, as an example, if we were looking at, um, let's say we wanted to do a hiking tour of Norway. Yes. And we Googled that somewhere, and then we'd go to a different page, like I might be checking football scores. Yes. And it might come up with hiking tour of Norway, $600. Yeah. But it, it wouldn't... And so that, the, that's, the, that's done for my demographic. Yes. And the my age, people where I live, all this sort of stuff. And the creator of that ad would be whoever owns the website of that Norway hiking website. Yeah. They've yeah. created an ad yeah. so like, okay, you visited that ad and then a cookie is basically like a tracking code that gets tracked yeah. into your web browser. And then when you visit other sites, it pulls that cookie out and then it serves you a relevant ad and says, no, 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 come back to the Norway hiking tours. You yeah. didn't you didn't book a tour. You didn't do whatever call, like, so, call to action that you want them to do. Let's say then that I'm searching Norwegian hiking tours and a 60-year-old woman is searching Norwegian hiking tours. And there are two different ads for those. Like my hiking tour is going to be different from her hiking tour. Sure. And then, you know, I look up football, she looks up knitting or something, I don't know. Yeah. And then on her knitting page, there would be an ad tailored for 60 year It's like, oh, elderly walking tours or like, you know, whatever. I don't know yeah, what yeah. the correct terminology is. Yes. Um, end of life walking tours, right? <laughs> <laughs> Die in a beautiful spot, <laughs> Norway. I, I, should get you, I should get you to help me with yeah, a couple yeah, of these Yeah, that'd be really ads. good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, be memorable, that's yeah. for sure, yeah. You'd probably get sued. <laughs> so, In the States. Yeah, so then that would target their demographic. Yeah. I wouldn't get the one that says, die in a beautiful spot, Norway. I'd get one that's like, experience Norway yeah. in all its glory. Exactly, because you're a different demographic. I would be like, 
beer hiking tour. Yeah, okay. Or Artisan beer hiking like, tour. Hiking tour finish with like a footy game in this right remote spot. Remote spot. Yeah. Or hike and then paddleboard afterwards okay. or whatever. So I would tailor my like marketing message yeah. and have multiple different ads for multiple different demographics, demographics okay. to appeal to them. So yeah, a what? good a good analogy is uh, say. You, I used to use this, uh, or I remember hearing this from uh, a, uh, another coworker to explain remarketing is like uh, in the physical world is say you and I were driving in a car yep. and we went into a car lot looking for a new vehicle. While we were in the car lot looking at, I don't know, name a vehicle. Ferrari. Sure. We were looking for Ferraris. There was a little robot that came underneath our car and stuck underneath the back and attached to our vehicle. Owned by Ferrari. <clears throat> Owned by Ferrari. And then we left the lot yep. and we were driving down the highway. And every time we drove past a billboard on the highway, this robot would send a message to that billboard Ferraris. and it would be like, Ferrari, great deal. Right. Come back to the dealership, today only, whatever. Okay. And so And they use all those triggers of like Three minutes until the ad, yeah. Yeah, so okay. that's that's a good way of like explaining how remarketing works. Okay. It's tracking your Class behavior. Location. Yes, based yeah. on like you you visited this page, but now you're bouncing yeah, around your web all history. over the place. Yes, your okay. web history. So that's why people tell you to clear your cache and cookies and history, okay. so that it's kind of like refresh. They don't know like the web, uh, the. Uh, the ISPs and... The internet doesn't know who you are or who you search for yet. Okay. But they're going to get a good sense of what you search Within for, like et cetera. Within, 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, because... So how, how do you feel about that? Like, do you care that you're well, being advertised to in a targeted way? Well, the mar- like, if I have my marketing hat on, I'm like, well, this is really cool because compared to traditional sense of marketing where it it's was like... It was kind of like dropping... Pamphlets. A bomb ad, and then yeah. just doing collateral damage of like getting as much, like the word out to as many people as possible. Then yeah. great, but for being specific, if you want to be cost effective, you're kind of like a sniper, being very specific, targeting different people. People, and so you can be very like efficient. You, you can be very, very efficient, very effective in your marketing. So you spend a lot less. It's trackable. Yeah. Unlike traditional, when, I mean, you could do a traditional ad, like campaign, and it has to have some specific call to action that yeah. is then being tracked. Like, yeah. come into our store, say that you've seen this billboard or heard this message, and use code something or other, yeah. and then you're able to kind of track in that sense. Okay. But like digital, it's all like, well, I know how many people have viewed, and I know who I'm serving this ad to. Yeah. And then. I need to, and then, you know, you can get the results from there. But I think you need to, digital marketing, you need to not get lost in the data because at the end... As a digital marketer or as a user? Yeah, because you can get really lost in, like, all these, like, data points. And you can be like, oh, well, I served up, like, over a month, a million impressions. And it's like, okay, great, like, a million times this ad has been like shown to yeah. people like that's that's awesome but like what's the point you have to tie it back to like what your goals are so what is if it's a 
if it's a branding ad and you need to get the word out to as many people as possible, then like impressions is a good data point to yeah. quantify the results. But what is your conversion rate if you need people to like buy, buy tickets or yeah. buy X, right? Then you need to know what your like conversion aid and what conversion rate is. And what's your uh, click through rate on like the the ad and like what ad is being like has a higher conversion rate so you know like that's working more successful more than successful. another one yeah. and then also uh, yeah like at the end of the day if your purpose is to get people from like offline maybe you don't want a whole full online experience and you want people to come to your actual physical store call into someone yeah yeah run a data set of or like I know you'd, you'd have to you have to look at multiple factors like say last month we had like 100 people walk through the storefront and 20 people bought it's like right. okay and then say the next month you spent $500 and you saw 200 people walk through your storefront and 75 people bought it's right. like well you can kind of make a guesstimate of like yeah. That was a pretty effective um, ad. Yeah, because it doubled the volume of traffic. Not um, just traffic, but, but also, also like sales. Yeah. Right? And then maybe you do like this the next month the same dollar spend, but maybe there's like no difference. Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, well, that didn't work. But maybe more people heard about you and walked through the store, and maybe you need to fix something in your store. Maybe it's yeah. like the user experience in your, uh, in, in your store. So I think yeah. there's like a lot of different analytics and it depends on what your goal or goals are and to not get wrapped up in like how many views something gets yeah and like actually look at like what's the difference that you're actually making okay so my question now is you use social media marketing and all this sort of stuff to um you know like sell stuff to a market right yeah and that's fine and i know like if I'm looking at cameras and I'm interested in buying a new camera, I have no problems with. How's the battery doing? It's good. Okay. We're good. I have no problems with like seeing five ads about five different cameras because I'm interested in that time. Yeah. But the the same, roughly the same process, can also be used. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my um, bogan uh, thoughts in the process, <laughs> but. Roughly the same process can also be used to potentially influence decisions in other aspects of life. Not just like which car do you buy, but which president is the country, or like, or yeah. who becomes next president. So yeah. So it seems that the like obviously social media is not going anywhere. No. And obviously, like social media and digital marketing isn't going anywhere. So how do you how do you navigate that world in the you know like there's an election coming up in Canada I think like later this year or early next year yeah and so it's well it's probably not as it's definitely not as big as the American one it won't have nearly as much scrutiny but similar things might occur in that you know certain biases are played on or whatever else like how how do you see things going like. Is it just one of those things where people as an end user have to be super critical and like worry about you know where the source of their news is coming from 
like be informed, fact check, all this sort of stuff? Or is it a, like, well, there's not much we can do, just even though you are being influenced? And don't, sorry, I'm blabbing on a bit here. Oh, this is good. Political propaganda or influencing has happened for ages, right? It's happened in wars, it's happened in 60s, everything. I'm not saying this is a new phase. Yeah. It just seems like it can have a lot more far-reaching the impact consequences of it, yeah. For sure. Um, I think one overall solution is just, like, education and, like, get educated quickly because the more you understand how this stuff works, you're yeah. going to be well-informed and then you can make well-informed decisions. decisions. Yep. So about by the you mean like <clears throat> how digital marketing works and how social media works and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Take yeah, take the time to actually learn something new. Are there any it, good resources you could recommend for that? Um, it doesn't have to be off the top of your head. You can shoot yeah. me a text later. Like, well, I mean, just start by googling stuff. I mean, yeah. start by googling like how, like what is. Facebook if you don't understand what Facebook is. Yeah. Google what is Facebook? What is Twitter? Like what's the primary purpose for each of these platforms? Yeah. And then like what is a tweet? What is a mention? What is a tag? What is a hashtag? Why do you use a ha- like start at the base like have a base basic level. understanding of like what is this social media platform and how does it work? Start there just by googling. But if and then yeah. and then just kind of build the building blocks of like understanding on top of that like well why are people using like a thread on Twitter like what's the okay. purpose of a thread and then what is a, what's a um, why send a direct message to someone okay. or and then I guess you gotta kind of start layering on like what's appropriate what's not appropriate like appropriate uses of the platform, yeah. inappropriate, and like that's gonna change based on like the user base too, and right? Like Facebook, you. when it first started, that was like very innovative. So you get like the early adapters, which were like, I mean, it was built for colleges in the yeah. states. So like, university students were the first to adapt, and then friends outside of university, and mm-hmm. then. Now it's turned into like the largest growing demographic is like seniors or like age like 55 plus. They're the largest people who are using Facebook and they primarily use it for like obviously connecting with like their kids and family that like live in a different city city or country or whatever. And it's good for that. And then, and then they also like their behavior, like they're, they're different Demographic, so they're going to use it for like more longer form venting or yeah. sharing of news that our demographic didn't use it for primarily. Yeah. Um, and then Facebook also turned into like, well, Facebook, like you create a business page for your business and then you start advertising your business, yeah. and then ads became larger and larger and larger. And it turned into something that now I just think it's like, uh, a cesspool of like so much overloaded crap information and like irrelevant news that it's just it's also impossible to keep up with everything right you're dialed in 24 7 you're plugged in you know what's going on in whatever like whatever you're following i mean outside of whatever's trending like it's impossible to stay up to date with with everything 
one point that I wanted to make before I forget. I saw a post that somebody posted on Facebook that doesn't really use Facebook a lot. Okay. And it was a it was a picture of uh, a short little paragraph, and in that paragraph it said. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but the point is clear. It's like Steve Jobs, um, creator of Apple, he, he like limited the amount of, of screen time that his kids would use. Bill Gates spends a majority of his like free time reading books in like another room yeah. when everyone else is like connected on their phone. Yeah. And basically the point is like the like Mark Zuckerberg I'm sure limits the amount of time spent for his like his kids on social media. The creators are doing the opposite of what they're what they're they want yeah. the general public to do. Yeah. So likewise for me, like I'm not on social media. I I didn't experiment. I went off social media a little bit over a year ago deleted my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter um, LinkedIn, yeah. like completely went off grid. And I've got back onto LinkedIn and I started using a Twitter again only to promote this podcast. Yep. But going offline and knowing as much as I do about social media and the importance of data, I'm like, I don't... I don't want my data out there. I'm putting myself out there in the form of this podcast and whatever I tweet about. I don't know how long that'll last on Twitter. And like on LinkedIn, it's just it's a Career. professional yeah. networking purpose. But even LinkedIn is kind of turning into Facebook a little bit where it's getting more like clickbaity, like, oh, so-and-so like this article or like it's just it's becoming something different. Okay. I, I feel, but uh, I don't use social media that much personally. One, because I'm dialed in at work, so I spend enough time spend old, at yeah. work using it, but I also have a big enough understanding that I'm like, I don't really like, on a macro level scale, I don't like where's, like, how much time. There's a nice little plane flying. I don't like how much time we as a society spend on our phones. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like where that's going. And I contribute to it at work and want people to spend time and do things on the ads that I serve like at work. Yeah. But that's where I'm cautious as, w as to where I work and what I'm putting out there. And one of the primary reasons why I switched from the auto industry, because I'm not really, uh, I'm not a car guy at all, at, at all. Like I don't care what car people drive. People that's, drive, yeah. unless it's a Tesla and you're saving the environment and it's just a cool car. Like I think yeah. that's that's really cool. But I, I'm not a car guy, so uh, I want meaning in my work. So yeah. working for at the time of this recording, I'm working at a nonprofit that helps provide a lot of different programs and services for people with disabilities. I feel like what I'm marketing makes a difference and has meaning and yeah. I share and a big part of the marketing that we do is through positive stories. Yeah. And you can actually stand out 
from the news because the news is negative driven by actually being positive which is ironic because I'd rather the latter and that be common as opposed to negative like news being negative driven so I like what I'm marketing and that helps but I, I just don't I don't like how much time people are spending on social media as a, yeah. as, as a whole. It's not good. It's taking away from, like, the face-to-face. We're, 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 like, more connected than ever before, but we're the most isolated that we've ever felt. And, like, people yeah. are feeling depressed and lonely yeah. when you have, like, thousands of followers online. Like, it doesn't make any... You have, you know, 10,000 followers, but how many actual friends do you have? Well, yeah, and that's the... That's the... Uh, I guess the the crux of it, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's, you know, Facebook, I'm sure if you ask Facebook what its purpose is, it'd be like, oh, we just want to connect people and have them share experiences. Sure, okay, yeah. But if you, if you think about it, it's actually just like, well, actually, we want to connect people and have them share experiences so we can get all the data about those experiences and so we can market stuff to you or... And, yeah, like, I don't care about if I'm being marketed sunglasses, I'm looking for sunglasses, great. But yeah. it's more people are going to have to be very aware um, how they're potentially being manipulated through their biases or through whatever stuff they search for. Yeah. And it happens on both sides, like left left yeah. and right side of politics. Um, here's a good... Sorry. No, here, you go. So here's a good example. So I saw on Twitter a couple of days ago Joe Biden... Yep, heard of him. Right, running for politics in the states, president, pre- uh, president, potential president. presidential candidate. He's yes. he's a Democrat, right? So yeah, they're going I, through the primaries. So. Yes, yeah. like old white guy. Yeah, like most politicians. Yes, and so there was a clip of him doing a speech on the campaign run. Okay. And this clip is like 15 seconds, and the clip is something like. Um, he said, uh, poor kids, um, I can't, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's something like poor kids have the same right as, uh, or right, or the opportunity. same opportunity as white kids. Right. So, and then he like kind of caught himself and was like, as like Asian kids and as black kids yeah. or whatever, it kind of like kept going. And that made like, you know, trending news on Twitter and it's like, okay, he, he slipped up in his words. He made a mistake, a pretty dumb mistake. And my initial thought was, oh, well, like, this old guy just needs to retire. He's lost me. Like, I'm not going to vote touch. for him because, yeah. like, he is... Because you're Canadian and you can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's saying something stupid, like, yeah. oh, well, poor kids, like, have the same opportunities as white kids. Like, that's a dumb statement. And then I thought, why is this... The clip. The clip, when I'm sure he probably pointed out many other positive things that he's trying to promote on his campaign in the probably hour-long conversation, and it's soundbite, clickbaity headlines that are being promoted and influencing people's opinions and decisions of other people. And I had to take a moment to actually pause and be like, well, I think I, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to just like come to a conclusion and be reactive 
to my decision of who Joe Biden is based on this one clip, even though if I were, it'd be easy and I'd be like, oh, well, this is dumb. And it like, all, that clip almost makes it sounds like it's like the overall message of like people that don't have as much opportunity or people that are like struggling in low socioeconomic status and all this sort of stuff should have as much opportunity as anyone else. Yes. But but that's overall that's a positive good message I'd be like yeah that's something that's probably left that's good like right side of politics might be like well you know if you work hard enough you can get wherever you want kind of thing and that's easy to say but when the starting lines are so variable in different uh, different demographic or different um, cultural groups let's say then it's really easy to say that from a white male's perspective like yeah everything's easy I went to university got a decent job and now you know we're doing okay but if you know if you've got like say systemic abuse from I don't know maybe like from an indigenous family or something that might have you know like systemic abuse because of like essentially um, cultural trauma then yeah that's you're not even at the same same starting position so how is it an equal opportunity you need to help those people up oh, for sure. so that they can then have equal opportunity but that's interesting that yeah that sort of stuff is clipped in it. like you might have spoke for 55 60 minutes and yet they clipped 15 seconds and said this is what we're going to show right that's my point is be critical in what like going back to like educating yourself on like how social media works so that you're not being programmed to think the way that headlines or what's want trending you want you to think yeah. And that's the thing that I just don't like Critical about... Critical thinking. Yes, and that's no. the thing that I just don't like about news in general, is that news is negative-driven. If you want to travel the world, you want to see other places, don't go online and be like, what's this place like? Because you're going to see headlines of, oh, there was a bombing, or there was two people killed, or there was this, that, and the other thing that's all bullshit. When really, you, you actually... If you travel, if you see the world... The majority of places want the same thing. They want, like, a safe community to live in so that they can raise a family. They love food. They love community. They love, like, people like people. We work together. And news is just divisive. And and don't get me wrong, there's the flip side of it of being educated and aware of, like, certain things that are happening, too. But, like, be critical. And I think we also can't process how much information is being thrown at us on a daily basis and how much time we're spending on social media so we're we're like the more ridiculous the headline or sensationalized news articles that's the stuff that's kind of sticking unfortunately so that's why it's like clickbait ridiculous stuff is is what is driving the news but it's not becoming the news like the news used to be like informative and like you know social media is kind of really diluting chiseled away what the news primarily was built for which was to like educate and inform and raise awareness on things that were wrong and you, you know now it's just it's kind of turned into like a Gross! Hey, look at this person over here. Let's re- like, it's it's all reactive. It's all reactive, short, bite-sized bits of 
crap that gets yeah. thrown your way. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes in like the next twenty to like within our lifetimes, like the next twenty yeah. to fifty years. Like, um, like social media has only been around for like ten years, not, twelve yeah, years, like not even Facebook, two decades. Yeah, like ten years, but like all the other ones, Snapchat, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Twitter and Facebook were around the same time, but like Snapchat, Instagram, like they weren't around like seven years ago, yeah. and uh, yeah, like ten years from now, I I don't know what what it's gonna be like. And it's so interesting because it's it's almost creating a market, and then it's driving a need for that. So like, you know, before Facebook, people weren't like oh man, you know, like I, I feel so bad because I haven't had like a shitload of crappy news shoved in my face every day. It was, it's that, I don't know, it's weird, right? It's yeah. like, it almost like, is, it'd be interesting to see like what uh, an alien's perspective of it would be, like someone that's totally outside the system. Yeah. Being like, huh, well that's weird. They, you know, they put, I guess they have this thing that like tries to connect people, but really it's just a heap of people shouting their opinions and trying to reinforce their own beliefs and like how does that help society function yeah yeah like, totally. what's the what's the point of it yeah it's purely just as a market my yeah. hope for where things go is i'm sure it'll continue to suck more people in positive for positivity sure. for sure yeah. <laughs> it will and people will spend more and more time on it but my hope is that it reaches a breaking point where people actually go back to uh like I don't know, a more primitive age say where people spend more time outside outdoors uh we spend time meeting face to face this is maybe a utopian uh Society. Uh, society where maybe the two can e- exist, maybe. But I, yeah. I hope it reaches a point of like just there's zero, zero privacy. People get so fed up with how like they can't keep up that they actually just like put their phone down or they like downgrade to like a flip phone where they actually yeah. use it as a phone and just need to get in touch with somebody of like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. And, uh, and then they go back to like having real friends and real connections and real conversations face to face as opposed to Wire what, uh, and what, what it is now. Yeah. Because yeah. that's interesting, eh? Like everyone's like, oh yeah, mobile phones, they're great. You can chat anywhere. It's like sometimes I don't want to be fucking called from yeah. work when like I got called earlier this week, right? Yeah. Boss is like, hey you got five minutes can we chat? I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. But it's it's not a big deal, but it's it's just that that is now an accepted thing. Yeah. Whereas before, if I was on holidays and I didn't have a phone, they couldn't get hold of me, if they, even if they wanted to. That's right. So they'd have to work it out. That's right. And yeah, it can. It's interesting. Like, well, people are losing the minute moments of boredom. Boredom. Yeah. And we're not bored, and we don't know how to be by ourselves. Yeah, which that's, that's true. a big problem because when you're bored, and I'm preaching Simon Sinek here, but you, when you're bored, your mind starts to wander think. and think yeah. of 
ideas and things and that's where ideas are created from yeah. and when you take that away you're not like ideas aren't being created and it's good to be bored and to know how to be bored and to be by yourself yeah. like that's a good thing and I'm not an expert at doing that either because I participated in society in 2019 but at least I'm aware enough to be like I should probably just stand in this line while I'm waiting for the coffee coffee or to buy something and not look at my phone or when I go to the washroom I don't whip up my phone and like while I take a crap because yeah. <laughs> we all do that we all spend way too much time in the bathroom on the shitter because yeah. you bring your phone with you now and you watch videos on YouTube or Instagram and you flick through and you're like oh I just spent half an hour on the toilet yeah. where did my morning go the interesting, um, I, I, I hope to think that it'll go your way, that what you were saying, where we sort of go back to that maybe simpler time where people have more connections. I think that it'll go the way of Wally, where you've got like people floating around on like hovering chairs being like, what's grass? Oh, Wally. Yeah. 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 Wall. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Bogan. Wally. Wally. Yes. Yeah. W A L L hyphen E hyphen E. Yeah. Yes. Great um, animation movie. When I saw that movie, I was like, "That's actually what's gonna happen." Yeah. Bunch of fat fucks flying around on automated seats. Everything we've done seats. by robots. We won't need to think about anything. Yeah, we won't need to problem solve. We're just plugged in. Because even now, yeah. I'll be like, oh, "I wonder how this like machine works or whatever." And like, I, I try and catch myself. I'm like, "Okay, Jared, um, think about it for a bit." Like say 15 or 20 minutes and be like oh okay like how could that work um maybe i don't know what an example is like whatever i'm just interested about how things work but then invariably you google it in fucking five seconds and it's like oh it's this oh well that's great i don't actually know what that means i don't understand it any better right i just you know like it's almost like you're a bit of a sponge for not even a sponge like it's just like oh okay that's how that works yep I can tell you how that works explain it to a child then shit could not do that yeah like and so yeah like I agree with what you said in terms of putting your phone away and stuff and actually getting bored or thinking or critically thinking or when you're in a group and you're like oh have you guys seen that movie with that actor what's that actor's name again instead of flipping out your phone and being like oh you know yeah who's Tom the Cruise. most recent Batman, Ben Affleck, and you can't remember his name, sit in a moment of, like, let's try and figure this out as a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think good. you're going to get people on the spectrum, though, of who want to know information, like, who want, like, who are, I don't know, say type A and type B, and you're on the spectrum. And yeah. the type A are, like, very proactive, they want to know information. You might get those people very keen on, like... Learning I mean... Things. Elon Musk is uh, building like the Neuralink where basically yeah. you can I don't know it's going to be like a chip you insert and then you have the access of like the internet in your head or it's going to connect to your brain so you can just like research you just know whatever's on the internet and be able to in the same time frame that Google search is like a word you can just search for things and you download it and your memory is just like Infinite. the internet right but and, will and that... everything and will people want that or there's going to be people that like like the unknowing bits of information and the unknowing like 
Like I like the mystery or some, some like I, I am happy with not knowing about X. I'm more on the latter. I'm more like, I don't know how that works and I'm okay with not knowing and I don't really want to know. But interestingly, if they put a chip in your head, will that then, oh, okay, Jared looked up how boats work. Maybe he wants to go on a boat tour. So then we'll send him advertising about boats. Right. That's how it's going to be used. It Probably. Might, it very well could be. Might. Yeah. 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 But then you're turning yourself into bicentennial man and yeah. uh, robot, and then it, maybe it takes away from like what it means to be human, human. because yeah. now you just know everything. Yeah. Interesting. We've covered a lot of topics. Indeed. It's been good. Indeed. Do yeah. you want to call it quits? Should we wrap, should we wrap this uh, up? Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks very much for having me, Dan. Absolutely. That was thanks. a lot of fun. I'd thanks. love to do it again because I think we could talk about like artificial intelligence and, you know, like all these sorts of other stuff that we haven't even touched on. That'd be really, really great. Agree. Yeah. Likewise. Well, thanks for coming on and we'll do a part two sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. Right. Uh, Is there a, a bogan way to say uh, let's wrap this up or cheers or until uh, until next time? There probably is, but I can't think of it, so I'll just do the... Let's fucking get her done. Let's get her done. (laughs) Cheers. Hi guys, Dean again. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you are currently listening on so you can stay tuned and get the latest episode release at the time that it comes out. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, let me know what you thought of the episode. Two things you can do, either leave a comment and rate this podcast on whichever platform you're on, or you can head over to www.simpletounderstand.com each episode I do a blog post for that episode and so you'll be able to find show notes and a number of resources that are all linked up nicely there for you guys so I listen to each episode before I publish it live make very few minor edits and uh, just make sure it sounds good and the quality is all there add this intro and outro and then I've linked everything up based on different topics and resources, things that we talk about in the episode, and so that you guys can uh, not have to worry about doing any searches or anything, and you can just find them nicely packaged up there. So head over to www.simpletounderstand.com for those, and uh, you'll also see a nice little picture of my guest and I, or just my guest, uh, depending on whether or not we are able to do the podcast in person and snap a shot after the episode. You can also alternatively reach out to me on Twitter. As I mentioned, I recently got back on Twitter. Um, my handle is at D Douglas S T U and I'm looking for a better handle, but there's, you know, every type of handle name possible that is scooped up but if you guys think the better handle feel free to let me know right now it's at d douglas s t u which is d for dean d o u g l a s and then s t u for simple to understand so d douglas s t u uh on twitter feel free to uh you know give me a shout out on there and uh and reach out to me and let me know what you think of each episode 
And uh, that's it, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, stay tuned for uh, next few episodes that I have lined up are going to be really, really good. So uh, just stay tuned. And thanks so much for listening. Take care. Take care.